the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, and you hear that opening all the time. I'm the guy with the gun. But you know what? This is going to be a very special show because I'm going to introduce you to the lady with the gun. And I'm talking about, sitting here on my right, your left if you're playing along at home, six-time medal winner, Olympic champion, 14-time national champion. She actually holds the records for the most successive uh, Olympic medals, six games, six medals. I'm talking about Kim Rohde. Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Very glad you're here. And you brought your father, Richard. Well, thanks for being here, too. Well, you're you're welcome for being here. Yeah, okay. And of course, on top of that, we have uh, we have Chad Carlson just to round out the crowd. Chad Carlson, owner of Prado Olympic Shooting. Chad, welcome back to the show. How's it going, Phil? Doing great. And that's actually one of the places that you do a lot of shooting at yourself, isn't it, Kim? Oh yes, most definitely. And actually, Prado actually hosted the Olympics. Yep. So In it's an Olympic eighty-four. Yes. Yeah. Yep. A little before my time, but you know, I won't go into that. <laughs> That the one the one game before your time, right? Well, my first Olympics was in '96, so I was oh, in Atlanta. 96? So I've actually shot quite a few years out at Prado, but it definitely has that history and ambiance. When you when you show up, you you go right past the big gates, the, the the big gates, and also the podium where the podium was. So it's a uh, it's kind of fun. So if you don't know where Prado is, how's the best way to tell them? Located off the 71 freeway, Phil. Um, you can reach it in from... Euclid. Yep, 71 in Euclid. You can reach it off of uh, the 91, 10, any of the, any of the interstates. It's right in the middle of uh, L.A., Orange County, and Riverside. Very good. And that's Prado Olympic Shooting Park. We've got great uh, opportunities out there for skeet, trap, sporting clays, rifle, pistol, competitions. You bet. Well, we got a lot of them coming. We got the... Uh, Every weekend we're doing the Ipsic shoots. We got IDPA twice a week on the pistol and rifle side, and we got a big event coming up, uh, a fundraiser to raise money for the local Ontario USO. And that's going to be a Sunday, December 10th, right? Yep, December 10th. We're going to hold an Ironman event, and we're also going to have a big barbecue. So if there's folks out there that, that don't want to come and shoot that many targets, take part in the Ironman, they're more than welcome to come out and take part in the barbecue. Okay, now I have a background in triathlon, so when someone says Ironman, they're talking about a full-day, 24-hour event. But that's not exactly what this one is. No, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> we're not going to put people put folks through that. You don't have to swim 2.4 miles in the Santa Ana River. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just going to shoot a game of... Uh, we're going to shoot one game of what we can shoot at the range. We're going to shoot a round of, of trap, round of skeet, round of wobble trap, a round of five stand. We're just going to see who the best all around is. And that's called, we should call it the lead man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Game 11. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be Sunday, December 10th, and it's going to start at... Nine. Nine a.m. So uh, event price is seventy-five dollars, including a fantastic barbecue. Yep, you get the barbecue, and that's where we're going to have all the auctions and uh, raffle items. And along with that, you're going to get an event T-shirt. We had several uh, several firearms you actually raffled off last year. Yes, we got more this year. So you know, if you're not even going to come out and do the shoot, you might want to come out just for the stinking raffle and to support the USO. Yes, everything's everything we're doing is to raise money for the USO. Um, it's just it's a great time. You, you get to meet a lot of different people, and and like I said, we're going to have target specials also across the range. So if you don't want to take uh, part in the event, you're more than welcome to shoot some trap, shoot some skeet, or maybe go over to the pistol range. And it really is a family affair. I mean, you're going to see husbands and wives, little kids out there. I mean, it's really about the family. So, you know, bring everyone out, have a good time. It's a great event. Yeah, but it's the barbecue. <laughs> that doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, I does. mean, that's you the know. great thing about being a shooter. We can we can eat and enjoy all that good yeah. stuff. <laughs> we, we, we shoot lead and we barbecue beef. Life is good. Yep. Of course. It doesn't get any better, right? (laughs) Don't get no better. That's, again, folks, that's uh, Sunday, December 10th, 9 a.m. at Prado. But, you know, we wanted to kind of pop right into that. But I want to jump over here to Kim because we've been trying to get you on the show for a while. But you're somebody who happens to shoot all the time internationally. And you're you're really not even in the country that much. I'm really not. World traveler. I'm gone all the time. (laughs) I don't think people realize how much we actually travel. I mean, we're gone almost every other... Uh, every other, I'd say every other week to an event and probably at least once or twice a month we're out of the country on top of that. So, you got a lot of stamps in your passport. A lot of stamps. Just this year, I've been to India twice, Russia twice. I was in Acapulco, the island of Cyprus. I mean, Italy. I mean, it, the list just goes on and on. Well, I'll go for Cyprus and Italy, but you can keep the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, each one is so unique. I mean, the culture, the people, I, I can't say that I, I don't enjoy them because, I mean, that's really what has me coming back again and again. But, uh, you know, there are some that are better than others. I'm really looking uh, forward to some of the ones we have coming up this year. Um, one of them is going to be on a little island out in the Pacific, so it's going to be kind of which, fun. Which island? Um, actually, you know, it's eluding me off the top of my head right now, So, but it's it's going to be beautiful. And so we're all, all, all the team members are, I think, training extra hard to make that team because it's, you know, the white sand beaches and what you see on the postcards. So we'll call it Fiji. Okay, sounds good to me, but I, <laughs> any of those are good. That, that sounds fantastic. So it's a ter- terrible gig that you have there, all this world travel and but you have to perform. It's it's rough, but somebody has to do it. I'm I'm really fortunate. Feel very blessed uh, to be able to shoot and and especially wear the the red, white, and blue, the USA on on my back. I mean, it's not just about me. I mean, we're representing our country, and at the end of the day, we want to see those medals come home. And, and again, you perform. I mean, you're you're champion, champion material. And uh, let's speak to the sire here, um, Richard Rohde. Yes. Now, you started uh, the family affair shooting, right? You're, you're Kim's father. Yes, uh, everybody in our family uh, shot, and my parents did. They came off a ranch in Montana, my dad. Why'd you guys leave Montana? Cold. Uh, <laughs> rheumatism, and it just got uh, too rough on the, on the older uh, family members, and they all decided to come to uh, California. They literally came down the the Santa Fe Trail 
and uh, brought with them all their rich history of hunting and shooting in the outdoors. And it was just something that was passed down generationally in our family. So how old were you when you first went out to the range? Well, I, I mean, I used to go out as a little kid and push the button and, right. you know, be the exactly. gopher, pick up all the shells. And, it's good you know, training. exactly. It's, it's exactly, I think, how most kids uh, that grow up in the outdoors and around that type of stuff end up doing. And um, you learn a lot about respect and responsibility. And then from there, you go into shooting. So I was probably about seven. Um, when I started actually shooting uh, dove on my own, and I would go down to Yuma, Arizona. It was a very family mm-hmm. event that my grandparents and everybody went to, and uh, it was something that pretty much got me started. started shooting dove, and then one story kind of stands out. I remember a uh, fishing game warden or game warden coming up and saying, you know, honey, who, who shot your birds for you? You know, you're not going to get in trouble. And I was two birds shy of a limit. And I remember telling him, you know, I, I, I did. I really did. And he goes, no, no, no. You're two birds shy. You know, no one's going to get in trouble. You can tell me. And I remember telling him, no, I, I really did. I shot these birds on my own. And about that time, my dad yells over you. And I turned, took two shots, dropped both birds. And I don't think I've ever seen a game warden walk away so fast. He just said, have a nice day. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. And so that was my uh, my beginning. And uh, from there, it just progressed to club shoots, state shoots, and then onwards to the Olympics. That's awesome. You know, we have a little, we used to go out uh, about 45 minutes east of Yuma to a place called Tacna. That's where we used to go dove hunting, shooting out there, which meant that if you were in Tacna, Arizona, you were 45 minutes away from bad food, which was Yuma. Anyway, so that's, there's, there's not a lot out there, at least not back then. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Field, yeah. It was a lot of fun. You used to go to Spriggs and out there in the sporting goods store and, Wells, you know, and you'd enter the big breast contest. You had the biggest dove breast and, uh, for weight and try to win all the can shirts. Can we say that on Salem radio? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But you know, as a kid, that was a big deal was to win that competition. Of Did course we it? weren't competitive. Of course I won it one year. Um, of course. And so the same thing goes with, uh, with the restaurants. We used to take all the birds in and, uh, the different restaurants would cook them up different ways. So it was a lot of fun. It was just a, a whole type event and uh, a lot of great memories with the family. That's so great job there, Richard. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, uh, uh, I'm kind of, uh, speechless about that. (laughs) (laughs) So folks, um, those of you who don't know, uh, the, uh, the roadies are here in Southern California. She shoots all the time. She's out there. She practices quite a bit at, at Prado Olympic shooting park, but, um, I'm kind of speechless here, just like Richard is. You know, six-time medal winner, six Olympic Games, 24 years she's dominated worldwide, dominated the sport. I have enough sense not to get on the line with her because I'll just be humiliated. But it's awesome to watch her work. Well, how many birds are you going to give me? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, that's the I need to spot you some birds, right? Yeah. Can I just pay you now? (laughs) Just take my money. That's the best thing about having her at the club is that she'll shoot with anybody. It's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We're here with Kim Rohde. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, 
and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. You know, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, the conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, Olympics, and gun rights afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful companion in this battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. You've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge. Created in response to pending legislation from Excremento. Now, Bullseye Sport is one of the establishments participating in this challenge. Each month, there's a special on a firearm. Your goal is to collect as many as possible. For more information about this challenge, go to Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. 951-823-0211. That's 951-823-0211. Or visit the website, bullseyesport.com. That's bullseyesports.com. Thank you, Vince, for your wonderful sponsorship. Everybody should go there and buy all their Christmas shopping. Right? Yeah. So if you need to get something for your wife, you don't know what she wants, get her a Bullseye Sports <laughs> gift card. Are you laughing? I'm just laughing at these two guys that are trying not to laugh, making me laugh. <laughs> <coughs> we need to get a bullseye sport gift card for your wife, your lovely wife. She wants nothing else. Well, she'll be proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Get her a $1,000 bullseye sport gift card. What's she going to do? She's going to throw it at you. Well, there you go. And then you can pick it's it up. It's a wonderful and go thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's how I shop for my life. There you go. Hey, uh, folks, I've got Kim Rohde, Kim and her father, Richard Rohde, and Chad Carlson here. Chad Carlson, owner of Prado Olympic Shooting Sports. Kim Rohde, as you all know, 
is a six-time medal winner in the Olympic Games, 14-time national champion. Um, now, Chad's a pretty good shot here, but uh, she'll smoke everybody in this room on the trap line, so I don't have any problems with that. Um, we just talked a little bit about your background, but one of the things that I want to talk about in shotgun shooting, which I think is very important, and I'm sure you can get into the technical aspects on this, is shotgun fit. And what I'm saying about this is you're shooting international trap. I shoot, yeah, both international skeet and I have shot international doubles trap. So I, I have kind of done it the all around. I've done it all. But the difference between normal trap speeds and international trap speeds is what, Chad? A lot. Yeah, it's about 20% faster in international speed. So um, we're looking at a target that's going about 60 to 70 miles an hour versus a target in American skeet, um, which is a slower version of the of the shooting sports, it going somewhere around 40 to 50 miles an hour. So it's, it's a considerable difference uh, when you're standing out there on the line. You definitely notice the speed of the target as it goes by. So in, in the trap stations, the last station in the trap where you're in the middle, right? Yes. And I think it's coming out of you. It's only like 25 yards away from where it starts, isn't it? Well, in international, um, you stand about 22 yards from where the target is being thrown. You have five stations set in a straight line. Okay. Um, and you're, you're talking about station three, which is the one in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, in, say, bunker which is what we call the international trap bunker. You have three machines to every one station, and you don't know which of the three are going to throw at any time. So, But it's only the three in front of you. So you, you get two shots at each target, and I always say, you know, how hard can it be? But yeah, it, it definitely is challenging. It's definitely moving. And, um, you know, now I'm currently competing in a sport called international skeet, we have a high and a low house. We have seven stations set in a half semicircle. Well, I, I was talking about the, the skeet before. Did I say trap? I'm sorry about that. I meant I meant the station in the middle for skeet. So that's station eight. So right. you have seven stations set in a half semicircle right. um, between the high and the low, and then the eight station being in the middle. So you get half that time to be able to mount the gun, get on the target, and actually crush it before it reaches the center stake. And that's at 70 miles an hour coming to you from about 20 yards from, from that tower, right? Yes, and yeah. Kim will come out and practice sometimes, and the guys w will forget to set the field back to American. And the poor customers that are used to shooting American <laughs> skeet, yeah, they're like, man, I'm always in the 20s, but I think I just shot like a five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on seven on seven of those stations, I didn't get the gun up to yeah, the bird yeah, was yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they say they forgot to, but I think it's kind of, you know, kind of an inside joke, fun thing to, you know, to kind of... <laughs> Have some fun with the customers because it is very, very different. And then you add to that a delay. So we have a random three-second up to three-second delay. So we don't know when the target's going to come out. And I always, you so know. is that programmed or is there a puller? Well, we do it all by voice call. So it's it's by a puller, but a computer will will actually Send generate it. that okay. and do and create the delay. It's not something that anyone does um, at random. And so... Thinking about, you know, the shot is made when the gun's mounted. Right. So we have to start at the gun. Or we start the gun at our hip. And when we call pull, the bird can come out. The second we call pull, up to three seconds, anywhere in between. So you're not between. like those cheaters that start with the gun mounted, leaning in towards the station. Well, you know, I was one of those when I shot American Ski. It just depends on the <laughs> style of shooting that you're doing. But at International, that is part of it. So that when you're talking earlier about gun fit... Yeah, that is major in our in our event. It's really really important that the gun fits you because you don't have 
the precious the precious seconds to get the gun adjust. yeah adjusted to where it's right you literally get the gun up and are making the shot uh, to get back to the second because in international ski we shoot a lot more doubles so it's not just a singles game we shoot a lot of doubles and um, it's really getting back to that second target and and being consistent and breaking it before it passes the boundaries if it goes past the boundaries it's loss and so is the boundary the middle of the field or is it all the way to the corner? The boundaries are the, the edges of the field, okay. so, so the high and the low house. You can't cheat by shooting back around the fence. For no, the you can't do any wrap around the corners <laughs> or, you God, know, that's turning. That's my favorite, man. No. I just look that way. Wait for it to come overhead. No, we don't. We don't have yeah. any of that. It's and um, even there's even rules on how you turn on the station eight. If you turn um, counterclockwise, you can lose targets or be be disqualified because they consider it to be unsafe. So you have to turn clockwise to from shooting the high house to shooting the low house on station eight. If you turn the opposite way, um, it's one of those funky rules where you can be disqualified. Hmm. Well, there you go. We're going to be watching you, Phil. Uh, yeah, well, you won't be watching me shooting international. I, I might go out in the field with a tennis racket and try and hit them back to you. That'd be about my, my best shot at that. Well, I'd like to see that. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, so it's really important. And, and so the gun fit, which is where I kind of started this question, um, what what rifle or shotgun excuse me, do you shoot? I'm shooting a, a Beretta. She with the rifle, guys. That's how good she is. I'm shooting a shotgun. It's a Beretta DT-11 over and under 12-gauge. Um, literally pretty much off the rack. The only thing that is custom is the stock because, like I said, you were saying earlier about gun fit, it is the most important thing for us. And, uh, you know, we have to have it right. And so there's a lot of uh, effort that goes into getting it the right height, the right cast, the right angle, the right pitch. I mean, those are all terms that to a shooter might understand, but um, to Actually, all the no, other people... I, I for most guys own a shotgun, they have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to talk about this because you have such... Uh, a quick time from from when you call the bird's in the air it's 70 miles an hour it's traveling 22 yards I mean it's a half a second it's over your head that gun comes from your hip to your shoulder to firing and so the correct fit is when you bring the gun up so the correct fit a lot goes into actually before you even go shooting actually right. setting the the height of the comb to where you see a figure eight with your beads um making sure that it's cast off so to the me, right me, or to the left let me go into that real okay quick. excuse me sorry folks i'm fighting the cold here so um the height of the comb which is the leading edge of the buttstock it's the top edge of your stock, right? Which would be, and you run that right underneath your your cheekbone, right? Right under, right under your cheekbone. Actually, you want to lay your cheekbone on that. You don't want to have any space because if you do, then that's where you get the nice little cherry on your on your cheek. So we always say wood to wood. There you go. Knock on wood. So you put you just like just like proper rifle fit. You want to have pressure down on your cheekbone on that buttstock, and that should align your eye so you're looking right over the ventilated rib. Well, it depends um, if the stock okay. is actually fitting you beforehand. So I mean, that's some of the stuff that we take into account. Um, it depends on your frame, your size. Uh, you know, some guys are bigger, some some ladies are smaller. It just depends. So you have to make sure that that height of that comb is at the right height for your eye. Right. Um, not. Everybody's built the same. Um, they do have a standard model that they make most shotguns, but at the end of the day, uh, that's where the the fit and making sure it fits comes into play. That's true. I mean, I had uh, I had a couple of my guns I used to just welt my face all the time. Uh, you know, 
I couldn't shoot 100 rounds without ending up with a black eye. And it took the comb down, you know, just had to have them worked on. But it's important that because what you want to end up with is an effortless mounting of the firearm. Exactly. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to reposition it on your shoulder. The gun just comes up. The gun just comes up and... Uh, you're 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 following the target, and we'll talk about that. How you focus in on that in a second, but uh, we'll get back to where your eye should be. We're just have, running up against a hard break here. Where your eye should be when you mount the gun. So if you're at home, with your unloaded firearm, looking at the television set, um, mount it, practice it. Just throw the gun up and see where your face is, see where your eye is, see if it's actually going to be good for you. Because there's a lot of misses in the field caused from an improper gun mount before you ever even look at the target. Folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our website, firinglineradio.com, where you can get the podcast, where you can get this fantastic show, podcast. Anytime you want. Even get them. You can subscribe to have them delivered to you at FiringLineRadio.com or check us out on Facebook at Firing Line Radio Show. Joining me today, I have Kim Rohde, her father, Richard, and Chad Carlson, owner of, of Prado Olympic Shooting Park. We were just talking in this last section about shotgun fit, and I kind of left on there that, you know, check it out yourself. Go home, throw the gun up, see where your eye comes naturally and some of the things that happen. We were talking about... The height of the comb is going to place your eye uh, looking over the barrel at a certain position. What do you want to see, Kim? Well, when you're looking down the rib of the gun, you want to be able to see a uh, figure eight. Um, with if you have if a you middle have bead, beads, right. if you have a middle bead and an in bead, you want to see a figure eight. And the best the best uh, way to to learn that is to have a middle bead placed in, or hopefully the gun comes with a middle bead. There's also another trick that you can do. Um, it'll take two people, obviously, mounting the gun unloaded, and um, you have somebody placed uh, two quarters right behind or right in front of the middle bead, so it blocks it, and you should be able to see half of your end bead. If you're shooting skeet and if you're shooting trap, you want to see all of the end bead. Um, and that's a great way to kind of set up your eye and make sure the comb of the gun is at the right height, depending upon what style of shooting you're going to be doing. So... The height, half the bead, the full bead, right, for the different styles, that's going to dictate how high the shot goes? Well, no, it's going to set your eye perfect 
on the actual rib of the gun. It actually is just a, a way to make sure that when you have the gun um, and you're trying out a new gun or some other gun, um, that when you put your face down on the comb, uh, you actually are seeing, you know, seeing it absolutely perfect is placing your eye at the right height and allowing you just to realize, okay, I need to adjust my head up to where I see it like this or, or down, or if you have an adjustable comb to adjust it so that you're not having to float your head. Right. And, and so that's the point is you have to have a different sight picture for trap and different sight picture for skeet. Yes, most people do. So in skeet uh, and sporting clays, a lot of shooters shoot flat which is where you just see the lead in front of the target. So if you have a crossing target, you're going to give it a two or a three foot lead and you're going to be right in line with the target and be just out in front of it. But in trap, a lot of guys do what they call floating. So not only would you have to be in front of the target, but you'll be a little bit under it. So the bird's actually floating above your barrel. And that's a, it's a really a, a specific to trap style shooting. And so sometimes if you're shooting a trap-style gun and then you go out with the same rifle or shotgun, excuse me, I shoot too much rifle, sorry. So you go out with that firearm and try and shoot supporting clays with it, sometimes you have a little bit of an issue. Yes, because you're going to be you know, wanting to float or the gun is set up to be floating the target. And so it, it really comes back to what you're shooting, what you're going to be doing, how you want to set that gun up, and to what you're used to, your style. I mean, a lot of people, I was just saying earlier, um, when they buy a, a rifle, and they'll, they'll take it, and before they go hunting or before they go shooting, they take it out to the range, they sight it in, um, sandbag it, squeeze the trigger off, make sure that they have it you know, dead on at such and such a yardage. Um, in shotgun, everybody will buy a shotgun and just take it. That sounds like Joe Biden. Buy shotgun. <laughs> buy shotgun. <laughs> um, but they'll take it out, I mean, and they will end up just shooting it in the competition or in the match, never really sighting it in. Or if they do, they will stand freehand and shoot at a at a patterning board. And we all know that sighting in a gun freehand is a, is a challenge. It's, it's not something you should do. And um, so I think a lot of people forget that a rifle and a shotgun are kind of made the same way. They make the barrel over here. They solder, solder the rib on over here. They, they take a receiver from over here. And they, at the end of the day, have a guy who does a couple hundred or a couple thousand. Um, how on are they really going to make it? So you'll hear guys say, oh, I can hit you know, everything with this gun, but I can't hit anything with this other gun. And the reason for that is the gun that they're crushing it with and just hitting every target is either closer to being on or closer to what they learned was being on, where the other gun that they can't hit anything with is the complete opposite. And so you what, hear that quite often. You do. And I had that experience myself. So what is the choice? What is the changes you would make with the gun that's shooting off? So what you would sell do, it. what you'd want to do besides sell it, because we don't like selling guns. We like keeping them all. Well, no, you sell, just it, saying. sell it to buy another one. <laughs> it's, it's exchange program. It's like a 1035 exchange. So essentially what you do is you would go out, sandbag it, put, you know, a target out. What would you say, dad, about? About 22, 22 yards. Maybe about 22 yards. Put a dot out there on it and actually sandbag and squeeze the trigger off and see where the actual gun is physically shooting. And then if it's off, you'll see like a pattern off to the left a little or off to the right or maybe high or low. Um, and from there you go in and you can have them lapped and actually where they move the actually walk the pattern uh, right on. What lapped? The, the actual choke of the of the gun or the barrel, depending on if you have chokes or barrels or whatever. 
Interesting. So they wouldn't change the stock position, or they wouldn't change, they would change the actual choke in. It would actually change the choke. And then from there, once you have the gun shooting right on, then from there, you can actually then work to have the gun fit you. Okay, so, I mean, it's 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 kind of a, a, a median type place that you start. You start there and then work. And a lot of competitors won't tell you that they're doing that, but that's what they're doing. They do do that. It is something that they have done for every gun that they shoot and know exactly that, okay, it's not me, it's the gun or vice us. versa. It's never us, right? <laughs> not with me and you, Phil. It's never us, man. Never us. <laughs> that's like that's, that's our motto. I think it's what my tattoo says. It wasn't me. <laughs> so... Notice um, the silence over here. I'm just, I'm just taking this all in. <laughs> yeah, the the champion, the champion, just like yeah, it is you guys. Yeah, it is you guys. So knuckleheads. What kind of chokes do you use on your shotgun? Well, it depends on what I'm doing. So in uh, international skeet, I'm shooting um, a, a literally a skeet and a light mod. Who makes your chokes? Um, they're actually factory from the from Beretta. They're actually what came in the gun. The gun was not made specifically for me. It was literally one off the shelf. I mean, I, I love Berettas. So which was the model again you shoot? I'm shooting a DT-11 Beretta, and I, I love it to death. The 12-gauge, it has a lot less recoil, I feel. Than, a little heavier uh, gun? It's, it is a little bit, slightly, but not not bad. It, um, n- not any more than any other gun I've ever had. And uh, the nice thing about it is it's about, I'd say, 20% perceived less recoil because it has a forcing cone that runs from the chamber to the choke. Mm-hmm. It's a new technology that they've developed into the gun, and I think that's one of the beautiful things of Beretta is that they're really able to take the old traditional type stuff and really incorporate it with the craftsmanship into the new technology and bring you these amazing pieces like like this firearm. And if you don't believe that, go pick up an Ethos, the uh, semi-auto. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a gorgeous... I got we had a trap day, and uh, Beretta came out and brought some of the firearms and man, I drooled all over that thing yeah they they have some beautiful pieces and just really things that are going to last you a lifetime and value wise they're going to hold they're going to hold their value for the collectors out there yeah. it's the beautiful thing and the good thing about everything that we do on this show um, it costs about a hundred bucks for Beretta ethos now your mileage may vary, but you know about a hundred so if your wife asked you how much that cost it was about a hundred bucks about <laughs> about give it everything take. they make too we sell them at the range and and like when it comes to the semi-autos and the over and unders their competition grade guns are just top notch they are oh i mean they're they're ready nice thing even with the the lower you know like your uh, semi-autos they come with all the the kit to fit them too and then you add in that they're a 500-year-old company. The oldest the oldest corporation in the world. Very much so. And you, you, you look at all the places that you're going in the world. If anything ever happens, heaven forbid, I mean, I've never had anything go wrong. But if something does, you're going to be able to find the parts for it. And that's a, another beautiful thing about the Beretta. It's just, they're just awesome. I mean, all all the way up and down the lines, you're going to find something that's fantastic. So, well, you look at the Olympics. We had uh, 15 medals that can be won at the Olympics in shotgun, and of the 15, 10 were won with the Beretta, with the Beretta gun, and 10 were won specifically with the DT11. So that gives you out of all the events, uh, bunker, international, skeet, and doubles at the last Olympics in Rio, 10 of those medals were won with the Beretta. Only 10. You guys are kind of slacking. 
I know, right? It's that's, a huge. That's huge. It's like sixty seven percent. That's a D. Oh, listen to this. <laughs> it's an A above all the others. Oh, we're on a curve. Okay, we're that. <laughs> we're we're in community college. All right. Um, Folks, we're here, Philip Naiman with Kim Rohde. Kim is the six-time medal winner, world champion, fantastic person, and a very, very great spokesperson for the Second Amendment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the things that she is stepping up to the line. Guys, gals, she is stepping up to protect your rights. You're not going to believe what she's doing. Um, we're going to talk about that. So this is the cliffhanger part. Everybody, wait through the commercials. Find out how she's saving your Second Amendment rights. Right after this, Philip Naiman, FiringLineRadio.com. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, Philip Naiman. I know you're being entertained, but not by me, but by my special guest, Kim Rohde here. She's the six-time medal winner, Olympic champion, world champion, outstanding human being, and um, she'll beat you at traps, so leave your money in the car. So don't, don't, sorry, Kim. <laughs> I'm just warning you guys out there, you know, don't, don't, don't try it. Just don't. Uh, joining me also on the show, I have Chad Carlson. Chad Carlson, the owner of Prado Olympic Shooting Park, and I have Richard Rohde. Richard, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Are you? You look like yeah, a happy I'm, guy. I'm enjoying listening to everyone here talk, and and uh, I'm excited. That, that Richard Rohde, he's uh, Kim's father and one of her greatest supporters. And talk about support. Let's talk about support for the Second Amendment and some of the things that Kim is doing. I want you to, guys to hear this, all right? Guys and gals, I'm not trying to be sexist. Kim has agreed to be the lead plaintiff to fight against Gunmageddon, Proposition 63 that was landed on us, and Proposition or Assembly Bill, uh, Senate Bill 1234 from Kevin uh, Daily Idiot. Um, he was the one, uh, you know, that guy, he looks like Moe, so the Three Stooges. He's Ghost Gun, that guy. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin De Leon, um, his proposition one two three four. He they put it in that order because that's you know, anything else would have confused him. So anyway, he's the guy with the thirty shots in half a second, ghost clip, gun, mag, whatever. Mo, he's the president of the of the California State Senate, and Kim is actually going to be the lead plaintiff to fight for your rights against this. Yes, so I am actually going up against um, Proposition 63, um, as well as uh, 
you know, Senate Bill uh, 1234 or also called SB 1235. Um, so I'm very excited to, to really get involved and really try to, you know, fight for our rights here in California. That's with Michelle and Associates? <laughs> yes, it is with Chuck Michelle. And Chuck Michelle is the uh, executive director now of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Right. Yes, yes. And right. I should also say I also serve on the board of the California Rifle and Pistol Association as well as on the NRA board. So I am very active and very involved in our Second Amendment rights. And um, being a second generation Californian, my son being a third, um, I just feel it's just so important to make sure that those rights for my son and uh uh, for me to be able to pass on what I want to do uh, to my son are, are going to be there in the future and for future generations to enjoy the sport that we that we love. Um, these bills really go in and uh, carve and affect every single shooter out there. And they weren't designed for public safety. No, no. And in fact, I think it does the exact opposite yeah, of, of that. Of course it does. Yeah. From, a, from a shooting aspect, uh, that's my opinion of that. Um, but Prop 63 affects me in a lot of ways. Uh, my ability to be able to get my gun or my ammunition um, from my sponsors, as well as my ability to even get it from the Olympic Training Center. Um, a lot of people don't realize that we have our ammunition actually mailed to us or we pick it up at a shoot, like, say, in Arizona and drive it across state lines. Both those are going to be uh, deemed illegal under Prop 63 and SB 1235 uh, come January 1 of 2018. Chad? Oh, it, it's terrible. I mean, that's only, you know, that's those are the issues that that Kim's dealing with. Um, what the businesses have to deal with are completely, you know, it's another, uh, another side of the coin. And it, it's just one piece at a time they're going to... Talk about some of the onerous things that they put on you. Well... Anybody that handles ammunition in any stretch of the imagination at at your business, well, I'm I'm going to be an ammo certified dealer. Um, so anybody that works for me that handles ammunition, counter help, unloads the truck, all of those people, they have to have a certificate of eligibility. So that now that means I have to take all my employees down, have them live scan, fingerprinted, put in the application just to be able to sell the ammunition. And that that's just part of it on 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 this bill. As far as myself is, you know, on a business end, there's ten more things that we could I could sit here and bore your listeners with. On no, don't you know, bore what, them. But, warn, warn them. Well, you know, what, yeah, it, it's just coming, and then down the line in another year, they're going to need background checks to purchase ammo. You know, you know, they're talking limits. Uh, there, there's a million things coming down the pipe that is going to make for a business owner on my end. It it's it, it, it's getting out of control because now the ammunition is going to have to be um, uh, you're, it's going to have to be consumed at the range. So now I'm going to have to have a liability, uh, another waiver. liability waiver for the customers to have to sign and fill out. You know, it, it's just it's one thing after another. But I mean, when you when you talk about him being an ammunition license vendor, there'll be a lot of ranges that aren't going to be ammunition license vendor. And if you go in there to purchase ammo um, from them, you cannot leave that facility right. with one shell. And the range actually becomes liable to, to, to make sure and police that, that the people don't leave. So that's what Chad is talking about when he comes to those waivers and different things. It, it, 
it's uh, there's a lot of different aspects to this bill that affect uh, across all aspects of shooting. Um, but I mean, to give you, I mean, just some. I mean, we're just talking about a few of the issues here. But yeah, there's there's sure. so many more that go into it. Another another example is if I wanted to give somebody um, ammunition, um, say do a transfer, I would have to go to someone like Chad who has an ammunition uh, license. And say, say we're on the skeet range. Hey, you want to shoot another round? Oh, I don't have any ammunition. Oh, I got an extra box. You can't even do that. Right? Well, I think at the range you can. However... Out in the field. Out in the field, there's some some right. gray area to this. I mean, that's kind of how they write these bills. They like them to be a little bit in the gray area. Um, but here's a, a good example. Say you have somebody that is going to be going shooting, and you want to transfer, give them some shells for their event. You are only allowed to transfer, I think it's 500 shells, Chad, mm-hmm. uh, every 30 days to an individual. So um, when you think about how minimal that is, I mean, that isn't even enough to shoot a, a, a an American skeet competition because you have four gauges and doubles and then you'd have shoot offs on top of that. So if you were to do that for somebody, you wouldn't even have enough to shoot a competition or a match. And the problem is people don't understand how many times you actually pull the trigger, right? I mean, you go out to the range, you get two, uh, I don't know, let's just say we get four small little boxes of 22 cartridges, right? That's 200 rounds. And that took, you know, two hours and what? You know, people don't understand when they say, well, this, these people have an arsenal. They have 5,000 rounds. That's nothing. Yeah, I've taken my two boys to shoot 22s when they're younger. Two kids can just go yeah, through there's, some there's a shots. thousand rounds in an afternoon. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I shoot anywhere between 500 and 1,000 rounds when I'm in full training and like right before the Olympics. How often? I, I'm doing it every day. So you can imagine the ammunition that I'm going through and having to do a background global warming. having to do a background check every single time I want to purchase ammo or do anything. You can imagine how um, major that is and my you ability. Reload. You can't reload a thousand. If you're shooting a thousand a day, you can't reload that. Fast. And the other aspect too is that you know I got into a Twitter war with Kevin Newsom on on you know being able to just buy my ammo out of the range. The ranges that I shoot at do not sell the ammo that I'm shooting. It's a very specialized ammo, 24 grams, 7, 8 ounce uh, Winchester AA load. It's not something that you just, you know, you, that you sell. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, it, it, and, and it's expensive, right? right. I mean, for a, for a dealer to be carrying that and, you know, the public, for Hope the most part on my end, would never it, want it. Yeah. So yeah. that becomes the challenge is that nobody carries or very few. You shouldn't that, get in a war with Gavin Newsom. He's, he's just an idiot. It's just a waste of your time. He's, he's got, I hope he's not a governor. Hey, let, I wanted to reach out one thing though, because on Prop 63, we tried to get um, guy petition war. It was terrible. Guys were not getting involved. Richard, I want to talk, have you talk to the guys out there in the shotgun world who believe that they don't think that they're coming for their firearms. They're definitely coming for your firearms. You know, this, uh, this ammo uh, bill or uh, proposition is a backdoor to taking away your weapons. It is, a, it is a method for them to stop the public from being able to use their weapons and to be able to teach your kids how to shoot in the future, which is the future of our sport. So it's a clever way. Yeah. yeah, it's a clever way that they have kind of concealed this 
as a way of taking away your Second Amendment. The thing is, is how many people are going to pay $50 every two years to get a license to be able to buy ammo? And people don't realize, people don't realize, too, that hunters that go out of state they can't bring any of their ammo back that their guns are sighted in for. Folks, this was a, a lecherous deed done by lecherous people, and we need to fight against that. I want to thank my special guest, Kim Rohde, her father, Richard, uh, Chad Carlson. We're going to have you back on the show talk about our adventures coming up. You got it, Phil. Sounds awesome. good. Thank you for all your support, folks, and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Merry thank Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.